everyone, it's James Lindsay. You're listening to New Discourses Bullets, in which I give a short bullet point type summary of one topic from woke Marxism that you need to understand. And today the topic is what I call the SEL cycle. So social emotional learning, that's SEL. We have talked about that in the past. I'm not going to detail what it is. Um, except to say that it's using social and psychological interventions with children and uh, in order to allegedly improve their social and emotional skills so that they have better educational outcomes, whether those are academic or otherwise. Uh, And in practice, it gets taught through what we would call an equity lens or an inclusion lens or a sustainability lens, or in other words, an agenda-driven lens, So it's important to understand, and this isn't the topic today, that it's not merely trying to teach your children social and emotional skills in a neutral way or in an open-ended way or in a way that has a variety of different possibilities. It is in a very specific way that is to raise a Marxist critical consciousness or a sustainability consciousness or an equity consciousness or an inclusion consciousness. So whatever these social and emotional topics are, whether it's self-management, whether it's social awareness, self-awareness, relationship skills, responsible decision-making is always going to be tailored through those lenses. Responsible decision-making will be, how do you be responsible in a sustainable and inclusive way? How do you treat other people with respect? Dipping not just in responsible decision-making, but also into social awareness and into uh, relationship skills. How are you going to treat people in a way that's consistent with inclusion, equity, and belonging? It's always going to be taught through the biased agenda-driven lens, and it is the deliberate application of psychological and social interventions with children specifically to get them to accept that particular standpoint on the world, which is why I've compared it, I think quite credibly, to the Chinese style of brainwashing that they used in Maoist prison camps, Maoist re-education prisons, quite literally, tried to induce people through these various techniques into what they called the people's standpoint. Here we have the diversity standpoint, the equity standpoint, the inclusion standpoint, the sustainability standpoint. But again, three minutes in and we haven't talked about the cycle. The SEL cycle is how part of how the scam works. Social emotional learning advocates will tell you that it's data driven and that it's evidence based. These aren't actually true. There's a bait and switch. I did a podcast on the SEL bait and switch. Evidence based isn't true. They're using old evidence to uh, that that's murky and and contested as it is to promote a program that's different. They're talking about old personal responsibility models when targeted interventions with individuals, talking about how those sometimes have positive effects to justify implementing social emotional learning techniques systematically into or systemically, as they say, into every subject. So math is taught in an SEL way for the goal of what they call transformative social emotional learning, which is not learning to take personal responsibility. It's developing that equity or inclusion or sustainability consciousness, that critical consciousness. So it's not evidence-based and it's not data-driven. It's driven by gathering data and then using the data to justify doing more of it. In other words, it's a scam. The data is a data driven means that they're gathering data off of your kids that they then use to tailor the future intervention with your kid. You think, oh, that's like the scientific process. You're learning more about the circumstance so you can do a better job with it, except what we're talking about is brainwashing your child. Okay, so that's 
a problem. But here's the issue. This is a SEL cycle. This is how the data-driven part works. That's what this, this is about. And I've wanted to kind of talk about this for a while with you guys. But the problem is I very rarely can come up with good examples off the top of my head. And somebody finally sent me one. So if you don't understand how the data works, they are gathering data for the SEO purposes for a in a variety of ways. Some of that's through ed tech, educational technology. You have to understand that they're using, you know, they're experimenting with a, the programs like heart math, where they're hooking kids up to heart monitors or having them wear like a watch, like an Apple watch or something of the kind. I don't know which brand and the brand doesn't matter. The monitors are heart rate, maybe their skin conductance, all those kinds of things that they can monitor uh, to see how they have emotional reactions to various circumstances like math class or math tests. They're using eye tracking. They're using data gathering off of the Chromebooks and iPads that they use in schools. Um, to see what captures their attention when they're getting bored. They can make inferences about what the kids are doing when they're paying attention, when they're kind of zoning out, when they're disengaged, when they have emotional reactions to things. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, ed tech or technology driven um, data gathering, but that's not the purpose of today either. The purpose of today is to talk about the surveying very directly. Social emotional learning programs involve relentless surveying. A lot of this is justified under a uh, bill called the Every Student Succeed, Succeeds Act, which requires reporting on non-academic competencies, which means the school has to know how non-academic competency is going. And one of the ways that they can do that is by surveying the students. And some of these surveys that they are, they are presenting your kids, by the way, with under social emotional learning rubrics, they're presenting your kids with a lot of surveys. Some of these might be psychological batteries. Some of these are kind of invasive into the kinds of uh, lifestyle issues that your kids are facing, or in fact, what's going on in your home. Do you make a lot of money? That kind of thing, et cetera. The, very inappropriate. And because of the way that the Obama administration retooled the FERPA Act, which is kind of like an educational privacy act, it turns out that they can use that data. They can gather that data. They can even sell that data to corporations, for example, that or, or, or even the government that are claiming to have an educational interest in it. So these ed tech companies have an interest in that data. They say they're building ed tech products for future education. So they have the ability to get around what used to be pretty decent and robust privacy laws to protect your kids from their data being aggregated and sold or given to them uh, under weird justifications. But what I have in front of me here is actually a segment of an actual SEL survey that is for grades um, 6 through 12. So they will survey the children and the teenagers in the, in the schools um, with questions like this. And what I want to talk about is how they use the, 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 the SEL cycle that I'm talking about here is that they use this data, they gather the data, then they pass it through the equity or inclusion lens to then justify and claim that there's all these problems in the school that only social emotional learning can fix. So then they use that to claim that we need more social emotional learning, more money for social emotional learning, more SEL programs and products, and more uh, paying for the SEL. So what they're doing is they're using the SEL to gather the data, not just to figure out how to brainwash the children better, but also to reinterpret that data to justify the imp implementation of more SEL. So the data-driven part is a circular scam. And so here's the kinds of questions, and I'll tell you, what I want to tell you is what they look like. So you can actually hear the kinds of survey questions they're asking children, 
repeatedly, frequently, often in schools, and then how that gets passed through the filter of equity, inclusion, et cetera, so that they can justify more SEL. Also, another filter, by the way, is trauma. So question, this is questions 13 through 22 on this particular survey. Question 13, in my school, students have lots of chances to help decide things like class activities and rules, and they're supposed to scale this on a Likert scale of definitely no up to definitely yes, um, with maybe kind of in the middle, right? So that seems like an innocuous question, but why are they asking the kids? I feel like I have lots of students have lots of chances to help decide things like class activities and rules. Well, what's going to happen is that's going to get passed through the, the Paulo Ferreri Marxist democratic classroom lens to decide how student led the school is. And to say that the students are feeling if say they feel like the teachers are dictating the curriculum or whatever, let's say that this comes back with like a two and a half out of five or a two out of five or whatever, that data will be will be uh, interpreted to say students feel like they're alienated from their educational process and social emotional learning and project-based learning programs that we are trying to implement would ameliorate that problem. Question 14. Teachers ask me to work on special classroom projects. Again, same kind of thing. 15. My teachers notice when I am doing a good job and let me know about it. So if the the the, the students report back that no, that's not the case, they're going to say, well, the teachers aren't engaged deeply enough in social emotional learning. And so we have to justify more social emotional learning training. Social emotional learning is saying that we're leaving these students behind and they're going to aggregate that data when they can by things like race, et cetera. And they say, oh, well, the Latino and black students or whatever feel like that, you know, compared to the white students feel like the teachers are not involved or not telling them they're doing a good job. There's a racism problem in the school. So the teachers need not only SEL training, but more DEI training. And they're going to justify yet another implemented program of uh, their their activism being brought into the so-called professional development, which is going to bring the teachers further into the ideology. See how the cycle works? 16, there are lots of chances for students in my school to get involved in sports, clubs, and other school activities outside of class. So if they say no, especially let's say if they aggregate that data by LGBTQ or whatever, they, they aggregate this data, they say, well, LGBT kids feel like there's no clubs for them. So we need to implement and, and, and encourage and uh, increase and fund, et cetera, a gender sexuality alliance, or it used to be called Gay Straight Alliance Club, which is where they do the love bombing to drag people into the social affirmation, et cetera. You see how the cycle works. They use the data. They, pass, they gather the data through the surveys because it's data-driven. Then they use the data to interpret it through the ideology. They use the bad interpretation of the data that they gathered to justify bringing in another program. 17. There are lots of chances for students in my school to talk with a teacher one-on-one. -on -one. Same kind of thing. If there comes back to no, what are you going to do? You're going to bring in more training for the teacher, safe space, blah, 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 more affirming, more training, etc. More, in fact, you know, pressure for the teacher to become kind of this one-on-one -on -one, uh, friend and counselor to the, to the student through SEL training. 18. I feel safe at my school. Well, you know what's going to happen when the answer to that is, 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 is no, right? They're going to say more restorative justice is needed. They're going to say more SEL because people don't feel safe. They're going to start justifying that kids feel like they are at risk and they're going to tap into various avenues of money uh, to try to deal with the fact that they're at risk. They're going to say that there's these emotional disturbances. They're going to pass that data through 
the lens of the ideology and use it to justify more programs. 19. The school lets my parents know when I have done something well. Same thing. 20. My teachers praise me when I work hard in school. Yeah, because your little butt needs to be affirmed all the time. No. So if the kids say no, again, more teacher training in line with the ideology. And they're going to, again, aggregate it by various racial or identity categories or whatever other issues that they think are relevant. And they're going to claim that there's a racism problem or a sexuality problem or something with the faculty. The levers there are incredibly powerful. And all you need are kind of disgruntled or disengaged students to be able to answer no to what seem like fairly innocuous questions. And then you can justify a whole new program and maybe thousands or millions of dollars uh, of taxpayer money if it's a public school or of uh, tuition money and trustee money if it's a private school going into this. And this is happening in both public and private schools. This is not a government school problem. None of these are government school problems. These are all school problems. 21. Are your school grades better than the grades of most students in your class? Well, obviously this is a self-assessment, so it doesn't have to be. But statistically speaking, half of them have to say no. Literally, half of them have to say no. So then what? Well, they can say, well, there's a we're failing academically. And then they can, again, aggregate that by identity category and say, this school is failing black people. We need more DEI training, more anti-racist training, blah, blah, blah. If they even don't do that, they can say, well, look, all these kids say that they're not doing better than the other students in the class, which... Statistically, 50% of them must be doing worse than most of the kids in their class. That's just literally numbers. That's uh, literally statistics. But now so many kids feel this way. So now what we have to do is implement more of the social emotional learning, which has so-called evidence demonstrating that it increases their academic capacity, which in fact it doesn't. What they, the real evidence there is that children who are well socially and socially and emotionally adjusted or have higher social and emotional skills do better academically. They never actually validate that the program they're implementing gives you better social emotional school skills. They just assume that because that's what it's in the name. So it must do that, right? Kind of like how Antifa is anti-fascism in the name. So it must be against fascism. Social emotional learning is going to teach them to be social and emotionally competent. So it must make them more, right? No, not necessarily. That's the, that's a scam. And then the data they trot out for the evidence-based blah, 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 the evidence-based SEL, the data they trot out is that kids that have better social emotional skills do better academically. They don't justify that their program makes it work. They just say these two things that sound like they're connected. But again, they can use that to justify the implementation of more of the program, even though statistically speaking, at least half the class has to say no to this. If the kids were actually honestly assessing that particular question, you should actually have the number come out to be exactly in the average, exactly in the average. But then because it has to be this, if they're honestly assessing, which maybe they will and maybe they won't. But the matter of fact is what they're going to do is probably deal with that one by race and by gender and by sex and sexuality. And they're going to cause uh, use it to, to, to derive a claim that the school's not acting, not achieving equity, not being inclusive enough, et cetera, and de demand more training uh, and more emphasis on that in the social emotional learning so that the people who are doing worse feel more included, more belonging, and thus obviously more socially emotionally competent and thus by magic will have uh, higher grades. Um 22, last one on this particular segment. And I'm not going to go, I don't have more of this particular survey. I could get it. Um, 
the person who sent it to me as a screenshot said that, that you can send me the whole survey. I don't particularly need it. This is, I'm just making a point about the SEL cycle here. 22, I have lots of chances to be part of class discussions or activities. And again, if the kids feel like they're not particularly, for whatever reason, maybe they're shy, maybe, maybe the classroom isn't, or the subject isn't geared to that, how much discussion is there in math? I was a math teacher. Let me, get, let me tell you the answer to that. Virtually zero. Almost none. That's not what it's about, right? And so they say no, and then the teacher's not being socially, emotionally engaging enough. We need more SEL in math. Math has to be taught through a more discussion-focused lens. And those discussions, when they get passed back through the equity program, as I've given in, in, in the past many examples, the math problem becomes the excuse to have a political conversation. And there's your class discussion is a uh, is a political conversation because it's being run through the agenda-driven biased SEL program that's meant to turn academic lessons through the Ferrarian generative themes model, which I wrote a freaking book about. It's called The Marxification of Education. You can hear about it there. Um, or you can go listen to the podcasts I've done. Like I've done about a hundred of them on it. Um, the, the goal is going to be to pass that information through that lens and then say, well, we have to now transform how we do math class or science class or history class. Besides the fact of more teacher training to push people into what Paulo Freire called the dialogical model of education, which again just becomes an excuse, A, to data mine them more, and B, to have political conversations on themes that are allegedly relevant, you know, culturally relevant to their lives so that you can use those to do more equity, inclusion, sustainability, lensing, and uh, take them in the direction that you're going. So this is the SEL cycle. They give these surveys. The surveys aggregate data. They do things with that data. They manipulate the data. They massage the data. And they interpret that data after they've done that to find whatever so-called problematics they can find that would justify more SEL, more DEI, more training, more consultants, more grifters, more money coming in to justify and pay for all of that. So the SEL cycle is that they survey your kids, get the data, use the data that they get under the, they say social emotional learning, we have to survey them to know where they are. So they get that information to know where they are. They use that information, pass it through a lens that interprets whatever they get to say, oh, the answer is we need more SEL. That's the SEL cycle. That's why SEL keeps getting more money. That's why SEL keeps getting um, more uh, power, more grip over your school. That's a scam. That's literally fraud that they're using to justify implementing more and more and more and more brainwashing of your children, not in just government schools or public schools, but in all schools.